0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Friday edition of The Sea Report coming to you live on this Friday September 17th 2021 and I hope all of you all are doing quite well out there and great to see you all tonight. And tonight folks, we have quite the stories for you all. To be sure, there's a lot of news kind of uh, coming and bum-rushing us all right now as we're talking, and uh, that's not that that's a bad thing. You know, it's always great when we have uh, different types of, well, I would would count them as good news, Um, and uh, most definitely, ladies and gentlemen, I would definitely count perhaps what we have going on with one uh, former Hillary Clinton Clinton campaign lawyer, Michael Sussman, and uh, all the things that his indictment may possibly bring. We will most definitely be getting into that tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm sure you all are very excited to hear about it. I mean, shoot, ladies and gentlemen, that just seems to be what's going around the water cooler today as we speak. Of course, we got a lot of other things coming out with you guys. We'll also be talking about uh, the uh, Fulton, uh, Georgia, D.A., that's Fulton County, um, going after President Trump. Some of you guys might have heard about that as well happening right now in Georgia as they look towards having a hearing on Monday in regards to uh, the ballots uh, being released physically for inspection over there in Georgia, in Fulton County. Quite exciting and uh, we'll also be taking a little bit of a look at Judicial Watch tonight. Uh, I'm sure all of you all are aware of jo- Judicial Watch, who they are and what that uh, outfit does. Tom Fitton does a great job of investigating and bringing us the uh, stories that we don't get to hear because uh, usually our federal government or some governmental agency uh, just kind of rabbit holes everything and uh, hides away all of the important documents that would otherwise, you know, uh give us the information that we need to know in regards to uh certain stories that are happening around out there so just a little bit of a flavor of what we got going on tonight and again i hope you all are doing great this afternoon uh, yes we are coming to you live on the foxhole.app as well as Cloud hub and twitch um, and I hope you guys are doing quite well this evening. Uh, yes, we're here tonight now. Initially, I wasn't sure if we would be present and accounted for this Friday uh, due to some uh, plans that were coming up uh, ahead of time, but uh, those have been uh, put off until tomorrow. So uh, tomorrow, the schedule over here at Mr. CTV slash the C Channel uh, will probably look a little bit different. We'll probably have a two day weekend this weekend here at the C Chats. And uh, I hope you guys don't mind, but I'm glad I got to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, So we'll be doing our C-Report tonight. And then, of course, we'll be doing an episode of Mr. C in the Dark at midnight central time. Uh, So that should be pretty fun for us all this evening. And uh, also, I would like to note as well, uh, and this would specifically go to our friends over at the foxhole.app, I'm sure most of you all are aware uh, that there's a situation going on with one of our members. I would say the uh, fearless leader of the front of house, and that would be one Mr. Methods and family. Um, I know you all probably understand the details, but I just did want to say at the onset of this program today uh, that we are um, offering our heartfelt prayers and uh, hope that. um, things will turn around in the regard to that personal situation and also um, as well as we are helping out. Uh, I mean, it's a different kind of community here if you're watching over there on uh, Twitch or on Cloud Hub, but uh, you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, families coming together and I believe they're even going to be some other, um, I guess, uh, what do you call it, uh, type of um Uh, donation type uh, shows airing out tonight on the foxhole.app. So I would encourage all of you all uh, to uh, head on over there and um, do what you can, if not uh, prayers and uh, heartfelt good feelings uh, all around for that. So uh, I just want to say that at the head of this, and I hope everything works out uh, for the Methods family over here at the foxhole.app and pilled.net. Now, like I said, Twitch and Cloud Hub. you don't have to take my word for it. All you have to do is head on over to pill.net or to the foxhole.app, create your free account, and uh, you'll be set and ready to go. And uh, maybe then, too, you shall see the blessing that this community is over here. I would say it's probably one of the best-kept secrets on the Internet. Uh, but uh, uh, come, ye trolls! we bring ye troll spray. And that's all I got to say about that. I'm pretty sure the family can take care of the rest of it from there, ladies and gentlemen. How are you guys doing over there in the foxhole.app? We got Aurelius Locke in the house. Good evening, sir. Sherry Pittsburgh, Yavapai Michael. Good evening. Service dog mom. Good to see you. And Yavapai donating 401 gold pills. Thank you so much, sir. My last gold pills for the day. Here you go, Mr. C. I appreciate that. Definitely your support is much appreciated. Um, And uh, Sherry Pittsburgh says, enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much. Uh, I intend to. And Pilled by the Rabbit hopping in. Good evening, sir. He says, I'm here now. Have a great weekend in the dark. Uh, We will do that uh, at least to the best of our ability tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, don't know yet what is on the agenda for tonight. And absolutely, uh, Pilled by the Rabbit, uh, prayers and love and power to uh, Methods and his family. As, uh, as they uh, wade their way through these tribulations. That's pretty crazy, guys. Like, um, I, for one, don't think that that is a coincidence, uh, but uh, we'll leave that there because, uh, you know, guys, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, they're going through enough uh, without s- someone like me just uh, stirring up their old gossip mill. You know what I mean? So, uh, but indeed, guys, indeed, guys, like I said, they're going to have some more fundraising uh, types of uh, shows tonight. And I'm sure you guys know where and when they're located. So hop on over. Um, if not, you know, definitely, I'm sure prayers uh, and love will be uh, much appreciated all around. So, uh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Got to take care of our own here, don't we? Yes, we do, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys. Uh, all right. So like fo- like family at Foxhole, says Sherry Pittsburgh. Love it here. Trolls beware. I will destroy you. And uh, that's my Yavapai Michael, someone I would not want to mess with. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, those are where and when those. they're located, so hop on. Sorry, guys. I'm pretty sure those words have meaning. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, so as I was saying, we had a lot of things going on and developing as we push towards the weekend. Uh, of course, you know, in regards to this entire uh, General Victoria Millie debacle, uh, it seems that uh, he believes that he was in the right to say and do and act as he did, uh, I'm pretty sure if we can get some testimony out of this, uh, this uh, flagrant, uh, treasonous uh, individual that uh, perhaps we can get a little bit of that squared away. And, you know, it seems like uh, the media is not stopping at all. Um, they will probably have a new story for every chapter in that book that's coming out uh, that uh, featured that story on Millie and his exchange with his counterpart from China was it like, uh, I don't know, Chairman Lee or something like that? Or I don't know, General General Lee, not General So. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so uh, that's something that we see going on over there on their side of things. Now, of course, uh, Millie and, uh, you know, Darth Lloyd Austin are both uh, scheduled to appear at a hearing on the 28th. However, However, uh, Lloyd Austin has uh, most recently said that he would not be in attendance and felt that he did not need to uh, testify in regards to Afghanistan. So there is uh, really no telling where exactly that story is going to go. Uh, but I guess we will see what happens and we'll figure out uh, whether or not um, Lloyd Austin uh, pulls a Maricopa County on the Senate committee hearing uh, for that uh, Afghanistan um, Uh, testimony. Um, But we'll see what happens in that regards, ladies and gentlemen. It is quite insane, quite insane indeed. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, like I said, uh, we got a great show ahead of you guys tonight. Uh, I mean, we have other things going on, of course, like uh, we have uh, border issues. And I would say there's uh it's not just a single issue. It's an entire subscription of issues, of problems, of catastrophe. And, uh, uh, man, I tell you what, it's like uh, when, when we, we were back in about uh, January, February. Going into March, you know, that was the word on the tube. You know, that seemed to be uh, the hot topic. And then it kind of disappeared. If you guys noticed, Uh, and I'm sure uh, with everything that's been going on with more COVID developments, uh, at least uh, the continued fraud that uh, not only the uh, medical industrial complex, pharmaceutical industrial complex, and uh, big media industrial complex continued to attack and assail uh Americans and people of the world, uh, we had the audits that were also of a big concern for the patriots and those of that mind. Uh, so yeah, but it seems that in that time, in that time where uh, the border kind of fell off of, uh you know, imports in regards to headlines and stuff like that, it has only uh, exponentially increased as, as per the disaster uh, with what, some uh, over 200,000 Uh, immigrants uh, detained just last month. And I believe the uh, numbers are looking towards the same as well in this month. And we'll have to see what happens in that uh, regard, because uh, that is indeed a humanitarian crisis of uh, um, gigantic proportions. And uh, there seems to be no address being given to it and man, you know, uh, talk about uh, illegitimate Joe Biden uh, just getting in there and uh, destroying everything uh, that uh, President Trump and his administration worked so hard to do, as well as uh, defiling every every bit of rights and law that this country is representative of, so we'll see what happens there, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we did have something else interesting going on today, as uh, you guys may know, in regards to uh, the Arizona Maricopa County audit. uh, Of course, uh, we are expecting to see that full report in the hands of a judge and uh, before a live audience, so to speak. It will be open to the public, uh, I believe, next Friday, September 24th, uh, for today, however, um, it seems that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors actually held an emergency meeting, and uh, the meeting that they were holding today, of course, was uh, for them to decide how they were going to respond, or I should say how they are going to respond to the um, the subpoena that is uh, ordering them to turn over their uh, subpoenaed requested items. Of course, we're talking about machines, uh, Uh, We're talking about um, uh, spunk logs and we're talking about uh, uh, passwords, amongst other things uh, that uh, the Arizona Senate had requested. And uh, let's see here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, do you guys did it? I don't know. Last I heard, uh, this uh, emergency meeting was going into effect or was uh, underway uh, about uh, 445. And I believe that is Arizona time. Um, let's see if we had any updates in that regard, because I figured if they were live right now, uh, we might just uh, sneak in and see what is up with that. Now, this emergency meeting of the uh, Maricopa County Board of Snakes uh, was actually closed to the public. However, however, you could um, view the uh, meeting uh, via their um, live streaming capabilities or you could also call in to a webinar uh, so there was that in that regard and uh, let's see here what I am uh, attempting to do right now is pull that up just to see if they're still going because I think that is uh I mean they're gonna they're gonna basically decide their fate are they going to defy a subpoena uh, I think that would put them in contempt of court uh, well actually no I, I take that back uh, as it would happen it means they Lose uh tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, or is it millions? Oh boy, it could be uh could be either of that. Let's see here. Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Now they said that they have their own page where they live stream it, of course. That's not going to be easy to find, but they said that it would also be streaming on their uh uh-huh. they would also be streaming on their YouTube. Mmm, let's see what's up with that. Okay. Um da. All right, let's see uh, Let's see if they're doing anything. Doesn't seem like they are. Um, I'm gonna pop that on the screen for you guys just right quick so you can see what I'm looking at. And uh, let's get that going right there, bam. It says it's live. Hmm. I don't know, Me thinks it looks like it's done and over with. Let's take a look. Maricopa Co- County Board of Supervisors special meeting. Broadcast uh, may resume at the end of executive session. Oh, oh, wait, maybe I should push this button. So apparently they're in an executive session right now. I don't seem to hear and or see anything going on. We got some people right up here. You see them moving around. But uh, I hear nothing. I see nothing. I know nothing. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I may keep my eyes on that. Uh, If they're an executive session, I think that means that uh, the uh, supervisors are officially behind closed doors, if you know what I mean. Uh, So perhaps right now they're making that decision on what exactly they wanna do now. Uh, Like I said, this has been going on since uh, 4.45 uh, Arizona time, which would be approximately uh, 6.45 here. So they're about an hour in. Don't know how long that meeting is supposed to last, but. I am gonna keep that up on my little window down here so we can, uh, maybe they'll say something exciting. Who knows, right? Who knows? Um, and uh, we'll check into that uh, continuously as we go. And uh, and like I said, uh, that meeting is basically, basically going to decide their fate. Will they lose a lot of money for their county or uh, will they turn over those uh, requested items? And should they turn those items over, what happens then? Mm, very exciting, guys. Very, very exciting. Uh, Rapture Ready, good evening to, uh, and welcome to the show. Uh, gifting a can, thank you so much. And uh, saying sorry, I missed your B-Day yesterday. Oh, don't you worry. Rapture Ready, uh, it's all good. We, uh, we had a fun time here. I was just happy to be on live with the friends. And uh, I don't know, uh, there was a pretty cool dance party over at uh, Belushi's channel last night. Uh, I don't know. If, I know some of you guys were there. Uh, yeah, I'm still uh, sweating from that, if you couldn't tell. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right, guys, let's see here. Foxy Lady says, uh, thanks, we'll keep them in my prayers. So sad. Absolutely, Foxy Lady. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely doing that myself for them and uh, hoping that uh, things turn around in that regard. Man, that's crazy, though. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, Sherry Pittsburgh says, uh, Frank NPC was on hold and holding online. Uh, what was he holding for, uh, Miss, um, Miss Sherry Pittsburgh? Uh, was he holding to engage with the Maricopa County? <laughs> that would be pretty interesting. Uh, good evening, Blue Rince at Blue Rince, lurking till sleep. All righty then. Hopefully, my, uh, the sound of my voice does not jar you awake. <laughs> and uh, Service Dog Mom says Since the teacher and cook, along with middle school, was vaccinated, I commented that uh, I guess the vax doesn't work attacked. Hmm, very interesting service dog mom. Uh, I feel like uh, I missed something. New Hampshire says service dog mom. What did I miss? Oh, teachers had to be masked, kids not, teachers angry at parents and conspiracy theories for denying the safety of masks. The whole day was creepy. Oh, okay, okay, so I definitely did miss something here. My my apology, service dog mom. Uh, One school I teach at with 68 students only had 16 left in the school, rest out with corona with one teacher. Average class size, too. Wow, that is it. That's crazy. Yeah, I bet that was uh, kind of creepy, uh, kind of like a ghost ghost town, right? Oh, goodness. And that's up in New Hampshire. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, I guess if they're, uh, the kids are legitimately, legitimately sick, is I guess what you're saying, or perhaps the parents don't want to deal with them uh, being uh, with these mask situations. Um, I don't know guys. It seems like, uh, it seems like the line has been crossed on the side of, uh, the federal government and, uh, people really are not putting up with it anymore. Uh, but I don't know, that could be uh, something totally different. Um, let's see here, what else we got? I think you had to enter a code that was given out at Mr. C. Oh, well, yes, uh, that would be for the webinar. Uh, that would be for the webinar. Um, I was uh, tuned into the YouTube where they're live streaming it. Now they have three options to see it. Uh, their YouTube live stream, also um, the Maricopa County County website, meetings, videos, etc., And then also the webinar where you actually dial in and then I guess you're in, included in the room. However, um, they, it does say that they are in, a, in executive session. And I do know that uh, generally when any type of committee goes into executive session, that means that uh, they're behind closed doors talking about stuff. So uh, I'm sure uh, possibly they'll be back. It says broadcast may resume at the end of it. Um, either that or perhaps one of their, uh, you know, uh, secretaries there will adjourn it (laughs) perhaps. But uh, yes, uh, indeed. Thank you so much for that. Blue Rents at Blue Rents. I appreciate the heads up. Um, Let's see here. It would be so much worse if they weren't. Oh, you know, that's the ridiculous thing. I mean, we've uh, we've seen like there was this uh, what this story that came out just yesterday about a uh, I guess it was a mother who passed away and the family blamed it on the unvaccinated ridiculous. These people don't even understand how mRNA vaccine inoculation gene therapy sessions work. It is quite ridiculous. Um, So indeed, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, they just, I I have no idea uh, about these people anymore. Um, Anything I said with an idea about them would just sound judgmental and mean. And I don't know, I guess maybe it's that time, right? Ah, uh deborah erdman good evening says uh mr c did you check out the hot tub last night who can you tell girl it is so hot up here no just kidding <laughs> i am a sweatin'. goodness me oh my oh um i've heard about that hot tub but i, I think i'm too scared to go behind the shed <laughs> good evening uh the speak and Easy. how are you doing tonight hope you're doing well this evening and uh, yes, again, ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, let's let's tear into some news. What do you say? Because uh, these Maricopers could pop up back at any time. And uh, we definitely don't want to be caught with our pants down. Not like they have been caught with their pants down. It's uh, pretty crazy. You'd kind of think that they're, uh, they're some type of exhibitionistic sadists or something like that. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, yeah. So they're blaming you, service dog mom. That's terrible. Um, They have no idea. Like, and you know, the thing about it is, is that you could share with them articles, you could share with them news stories, and they would still not believe it. Um, I don't know who it's going to take for those people to wake up. Maybe it'll take, I don't know, maybe it'll take... I don't know, who would it take for people like that to wake up? What, who's their favorite actor or pop star as an adult? Uh, Madonna? <laughs> Will they listen if Cher says something? If she's like, hey, that COVID is bad. Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> who could say nowadays, ladies and gentlemen? I know, uh, I know, man, I've been saying uh, I've been saying that uh, all my expectations have been defied throughout the course of, uh, I don't know, the last four, four or five years. And, and now I think I've spoken that uh, I've spoken that state of being into existence because boy, howdy, let me tell you what, things just keep on going uh, in strange directions, but uh, that doesn't mean that they're bad directions, not by a long shot. Now I see people gathering into the Maricopa County uh, Supervisor's chambers there, uh, but we're gonna go on anyways. And if they start to talk, well, in that case, uh, I will most definitely, uh, let me make sure I don't have, okay, the tab is not muted. There are 208 people currently watching on YouTube. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So Trump leads here at the Sea Report, as we know. Sorry, I'm, I'm watching these little ants scurry around in, uh, in the uh, Arizona chambers. Uh, let's go ahead and get to some of his statements right quick. We'll start with this one. This one's a good one here. Uh, and probably, well, I don't know. I, I mean, it's one that I was not expecting to see, at least not right out. But at the same time, it does not surprise me in the least I, uh, bit. Uh, let's see here. This is a statement for today. Uh, he Let me go ahead and expand that for you guys. I apologize. There we go. And uh, it says, uh, "Rhino congressman Anthony Gonzalez, who has poorly represented his district in the great state of Ohio, has decided to quit. After enduring a tremendous loss of popularity, of which he had little since his ill-informed and otherwise very stupid impeachment vote against the sitting president of the United States, me, this is no loss for Ohio or our country, and most importantly, we have a great candidate who was substantially leading Gonzalez in the polls, Max Miller, who I have given my complete and total endorsement. Max is a tremendous person who will represent Ohio well. Good riddance to Anthony. He can now get himself a job at Ratings Dead, CNN, or MSDNC. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Gonzalez. Ladies, you guys remember who Anthony Gonzalez is, right? He's that buffoon right there. Again, he was one of the uh, 10... Um, ill-advised and uh, ill-moraled rhinos who uh, decided to impeach Trump, right? Because I guess they thought that if they uh, took that moral standing, took the lead in showing the rest of the Republican party how to be courageous enough to defy a sitting president who's done nothing but good for his countrymen and and the Constitution, uh, that uh, everyone would muster up to him And uh, they would all be uh, enthralled by his courageous, bold moves. And he would be hailed as a hero, for he is the jolly good fellow, I'm sure, was a song that was going through his mind as he cast his impeachment vote. Uh, Most unfortunately for you, uh, Anthony Gonzalez, sir, um, come to find out him and his gang of 10. What was it? The uh, Brotherhood of um, Brotherhood of uh, what do you call it? The, the, the brotherhood or whatever they were called is the 10 of him, him and Liz and uh, Kissinger and all those other people, um, all, all of them getting uh, threats, well, not threats, all of them getting um, um, uh, picked on and uh, getting told off by not only their peers, but also their family members. Uh, in regards to uh, Anthony Gonzalez, um, um, it seems that uh, he was of course a two-term congressman, And uh, in his announcement of, uh, I guess, uh, quitting, (laughs) he uh, cited that he had a desire to build a fuller family life. And uh, also he noted that uh, the uh, dynamics of the Republican Party were quite toxic. So that was his excuse. Of course, uh, it turns out that Max Miller, the uh, endorsed uh, candidate from President Trump, was leading him in the polls. And I think uh, perhaps that might have something more to do with it. Now Gonzalez is uh, 37 years old whew, and uh, a father of two uh, and he also said in his statement that the best path for him and his family is to not seek re-election next fall, citing the chaotic political environment that currently infects the country. indeed, Mr. Gonzalez. now uh, in response, yeah, that's right, President Trump. you get him while you can. go get him President Trump. <laughs> Uh, Now, in response to uh, response to his impeachment, the Ohio uh, Republican Party censored Gonzalez and they asked him to resign from his seat in Congress. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. He was censored and asked to quit by his own party in Ohio. Um, And uh, Gonzalez is uh, uh, noted to have said, please know that every word has meant the world to me and given me the hope that chaotic political environment that currently infects our country will only be temporary. Yada, 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 Mr. Gonzalez. Uh, Yet, get what you deserve, my friend. And uh, on that note, with that great uh, expression from President Trump, they're out of executive
1: session. Let's just uh, tune in real quick and see what they have to say very difficult position because of the attorney general's findings that either uh, if we didn't turn over the routers we would end up losing uh, nearly 700 million dollars in state shared revenues which would have been catastrophic to county operations or alternatively if we would have turned the routers over this would have been incredibly disruptive to our operations here. would have probably had to shut down uh, county operations over a long period of time. Plus, that would have cost uh, Maricopa County taxpayers millions uh, in, in addressing the loss of those routers. So, uh, you know, that's, that's very important for people to understand. And again, it's very important for people to understand that the cyber ninjas will not... Uh, have access to uh, the uh, routers. What will happen is this vote that we've done here, in the, or that, that's about to be held here uh, in this agreement, sets up a special master who will receive uh, questions uh, from the state senate about the routers and how they were used. Oh, come uh, uh, around on. election time, and then that special uh, master will work with a IT expert to answer those questions. So it's a win for transparency, and it's also a win for protecting sensitive that data in Maricopa not County, what uh, information about sensitive said. law enforcement activities, uh, and also personal information uh, that the county may have in, in confidential databases. So again, Thank you, Mr. Chair, for your work on this, uh, and I am proud uh, to make this motion. Thank you. Uh, Supervisor Chukri. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I I think
2: that uh, my colleague, Mr. Gates, uh, touched on on the right points, and uh, we are trying to to get through this and uh, get this issue behind us. And of course, I think we have been abundantly clear that the the sensitive nature of what's on these routers uh, and to protect that sensitive data is priority one. Uh, This accomplishes, I think, that metric uh, for me uh, while trying to comply and uh, do the best we can in the spirit of cooperation to get uh, this, this dispute and this audit behind us. And really, quite frankly, uh, the voters in Maricopa County in this state. So I, I think this is a step in the right direction to get us there. Uh, and I certainly hope uh, for better days ahead where we can be discussing, as you said, Mr. Chairman, uh, many, many other uh, important topics and issues that are facing the county that we need to address as well. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Supervisor. Supervisor Hickman. Mr. Chairman, thank you very much. I appreciate the, the opportunity. I'm sorry, right. I'm out of state right now. Uh, But this this issue has been extremely important uh, to me and and this board and I will reflect back on comments already made Um, This is a big step in protecting the Maricopa County taxpayer I took this job many years ago, and that was my key focus to protect the Maricopa County taxpayer uh, in all ways and this one and this agreement uh, that you were able to get across the line for this entire board Thank you for your leadership in getting us to this point. Thank you for the other Maricopa County electives understanding the key nature of protecting the, the security apparatus of Maricopa County taxpayer and Maricopa County citizens. So I appreciate you getting here. I appreciate the Maricopa County Attorney's Office uh, and your group negotiating in good faith. Uh, getting us to this point in a very troubled time uh, for the county. And I look forward to continuing to work uh, to protect Maricopa County taxpayer, the Maricopa County security structure, Uh, and um, I hope everybody has a great weekend because we have other things to do starting next week. Thanks, Supervisor. Supervisor Gallardo.
3: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. First and foremost, I wanna thank you for your leadership during this whole year. Uh, this has not been easy for you or any of our colleagues uh, on this board. This has been a, a very contentious uh, issue uh, being fought out in the court of public opinion. Uh, so I do wanna give you big thanks for your leadership and just trying to guide this uh, this a uh, big thank you to our legal team, Tom Liddy, uh, Mr. Novak, thank you so much for the work they've done and continue to do. I mean, I've, if, if you're ever going to have a legal team, this is who you want. I mean, they have given it their all. They have given up uh, many uh, uh, sleepless nights and weekends just working on this stuff. Um, and I couldn't be more proud of our, of our legal team. Uh, unfortunately, Mr. Chairman, I, I, this disagreement this troubles me. It really does. Um, This has been a long 10 months. I think we're all kind of tired of it. I think the public is tired of it. Um, We aren't dealing with rational people. We aren't. We're dealing with bullies. Let it be uh, uh, bullies uh, in the state senate, uh, outside forces, and even uh, uh, really, unfortunately, an attorney general that uh, is wanting to, to utilize this effort in my opinion, for his own political beliefs, but or his own political benefit. But nonetheless, um, I think we will all agree uh, we have all been very uh, disappointed with the Attorney General, and particularly several members of the Arizona State Senate. Um, you look at what we have gone through. We have gone through so many threats. We have gone through possible uh, contempt. Uh, if it wasn't for the courage of uh, at least one on the Republican side and, and several Democrats to stand up for what was right, many of us would have been held in, 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 in contempt. We've been sued a number of times. Uh, we actually brought our own lawsuit, which unfortunately uh, the decision by a spirit court did not come out the way we wanted it. Um, but in that particular decision, uh, the judge indicated that the subpoenas were were valid not going to enforce them it was up to the senate to enforce them uh it didn't stop them from submitting or or sending a second subpoena uh, even though they couldn't give the support uh to enforce their
0: i just really gotta say guys, know, guys uh, like i don't know what they from think from they're going to United get away with do y'all so think do they're, that that y'all that 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 they're that going to get away with this uh, do you think uh, that, uh, that uh, the uh, judge uh, and the senate will be satisfied that uh, they're going to have a middleman, that they can't even actually forensically inspect any of this information. That is total malarkey. Uh, Malarkey! I mean, that that is insanely ridiculous that these people think. Again, they're just trying to make their own rules for themselves. They're trying to weasel their way out of this. And, you know, right now, all I have to say is, 100% I believe that they don't want them to get a hold of those routers because they know they're going to see that the data information stream was flowing to places it should not have been flowing to. Dang, okay, I don't don't think this is going to satisfy anything. I don't think this is going to satisfy anything. Uh, Maybe it'll buy them some more time. Maybe they'll get what? Another month to figure out if they're going to turn the stuff over or not because that's not handing it over. Having a middleman in a room that you can ask questions to, but you can't touch, you can't see nothing is ridiculous. It's That is ridiculous. I don't know who these people think they are. Uh, you saw a little Mr. Bill Gates up there. Now, Bill Gates, of course, we're not talking about the uh, eugenicist supreme, uh, but we're talking about Maricopa County Board of Supervisors chair over there. Uh, he, he, oh my, so smug. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite satisfied that, you know, uh, with what we've come up here today, uh, you even heard him say that he was like, uh, on the vote that we had. I mean, the vote that we're about to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all a horse and pony show. I can't believe it. Okay. I'm going to give this guy a few more seconds of time and then, uh, we're going to carry on with the report. That's ridiculous guys. I don't understand what they think they're getting away with.
3: General, um, there's no guarantee that we're gonna come right back here with another subpoena and another letter to the attorney general there's no guarantee we're giving awful lot here uh, we sent a you're letter, not giving enough uh, asking the Senate to reimburse us 2.8 million dollars um, this is what it cost us for the shenanigans that went on with uh, there at, the, at, at at the Coliseum only for the purposes of trying to push what we or at least i referred to uh, uh in the public as the big lie um these shenanigans went on for a number of months and they're still not happy they're wanting even more now it's the routers it's There's been nothing the routers we can do, mr chairman uh that will satisfy any of these senators they will continue on we are dealing with bullies Bullies. Uh, we are dealing with folks that will uh, not stop at any length. Um, I wish, I hope I'm wrong, Mr. Chairman. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. Oh my I God! I hope that uh, this whole uh, uh, audit and 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 big lie comes to an end today. But again, we're not dealing with rational people. Oh my God! Um, I think we have alternatives. We have other options. Nobody wants to see Maricopa County lose 700 million, particularly me. I don't want to see the county lose 700 million, but we have options. I think we should still pursue those options. I think we need to look at all legal avenues. I think what the board has, but I think there's other legal. Stifle!
0: Okay, I've had it. All right, we're done with that. That's the only Democrat on the Maricopa Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. I'm all Maricopa (laughs) Corny. Anyways, Hey, that's what I have to say to you, sir. One in your face, President Trump. Eh, hey, you ain't gonna get away with it, buddy. That's right, Curious Cat says. Uh, if the middleman works for Dominion, that would be okay. Not. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, uh, truth shall set you free and the routers. Indeed, uh, th- there's no way that can satisfy. There's no way that can satisfy. Let me tell you what. Uh, maricopa county board uh Democrats socialist communist progressives in Arizona had their chance to be part of this audit if you wanted in Maricopa county, you should have been there in the beginning oh my goodness <laughs> dragon energy forty five you know he sits to pee. <laughs> uh just about that's right yeah mongrel bastard says uh mike mars good evening welcome to the Sea chats mike mars that is ridiculous oh god ag bernovich you've been on fire lately my friend oh please oh honorable ag bernovich don't let them get away with this do not let them get away with this that's ridiculous that's Right, right. The subpoena did not say uh, provide a middleman, okay? They don't even have a leg to stand on. They don't have any ground on which they can balance a single toe, okay, to try and call the shots on how they're going to handle uh, the reception of the routers, data passwords, and Splunk logs by the Arizona Senate or Cyber Ninjas for forensic audit. It makes no sense, God, yeah, they act like they can do whatever they want. Self-entitled, smug, Mm. Maricopa County Board of... Mm. All right, guys. Okay. Whew, man. Well, I'm glad we got to see that, guys. But gee, ah, we're going to hear a lot about it come Monday. Come Monday. It's going to be the talk of the town, ladies and gentlemen. Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Uh, defies court orders on their own terms. (laughs) What the heck, right? What the heck? Okay. Oh my goodness. Next statement from President Trump. (laughs) This one's an easy one and you can't see it because I just blocked it. One down, nine to go. What on earth do you think President Trump was talking about there, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I done do think that perhaps President Trump is uh, talking about uh, what we'll be talking about in just a bit, and that has to do with the Russia, 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 Spygate, 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 P dossier, P dossier, P dossier hoax that has been happening and is still continuing. Oh, oh, wait, did I forget? Durham, Durham, Durham. Yeah, one down, nine to go, because obviously uh, that little pipsqueak that they uh, indicted before and what he got away with there, what do you get, like uh, five months of, uh, you know, like, I don't know, uh, what is it called when you go into probation, five months probation for lying on federal forms, 17 times, 17 times, oh my goodness, something with that number, right, ladies and gentlemen, but yeah, so Michael Sussman, indicted. We'll get to him in just a sec. You know, that's what President Trump is talking about. And apparently he's uh, taken numbers. Uh, So that should be pretty interesting. Okay. That'll wrap it up on the avenue for uh, President Trump's statements for today. And uh, that should work just as well and through. Yeah. Turn them over to jail. Simple as that, says Deborah Erdman. That's what I say, man. But you guys remember, It was that uh, it was one of those idiot rhino senators that kept that from happening initially. Um, Man, they've got they've got their work cut out for them. Talk about uh, talk about people who are diligent and tenacious. Right. Uh, The Senate who uh, I guess if you I guess if you're if you have integrity, if you're if you're tenacious and if you don't give up in the eyes of someone who sits to pee like that stupid uh, um, a supervisor there, uh, you know, you're a bully. Uh, Karen Fan is a big old bully because she wants to see them in jail. Yeah, you know, I think even Karen Fan said in an interview one time that they've known them for like, what, um, 20 years, some of the people that are serving on the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors there in Arizona, and they'd been friends before and they don't want that to happen. But hey, if they broke the law, they broke the law right? Um, so yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, see what do we got also in the chat? So, well, so far they've gotten away with this BS. They have dragon energy 45. That is for sure. They have, uh, they've had help from rhino friends. They've had help from Lord knows who and what else, uh, you know, maybe they did, uh, maybe they did their, I don't know. I don't know what they did guys, but uh, uh, Sean Joe, thank you for gifting the cookie. Uh, Curious cat says, hope AG comes through. Indeed. I'm there with you. Uh, let's have a mediator. I nominate Joe Biden. <laughs> he'd be the perfect one, right? He'd probably be, he'd probably be like, why does this, uh, why does this software say that it went, uh, it went to Dominion? Uh, it went to uh, Spain and they'd be like, shut up, Joe, eat your ice cream. Uh, let's see here. Soft on labor. Good question. <laughs> Does that have uh, something to do with Ingersoll? Ingersoll and an eight? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, I have a suspicion. Uh, someone asked there in the chat who the nine would be. I, I mean, there's a, a. I saw some pretty interesting uh, graphics earlier while I was preparing the show. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should bring them up um, when we get there. Um, but yeah, some interesting graphics, uh, because you, you, well, we'll, we'll get there when we get there guys, we're, we going to get there quick and fast. I'm pretty sure I won't lose my thoughts in that regard. Speak uneasy gifts, the cookie, have a belated B day cookie brother regards from the bartender. Thank you so much. Uh, speak uneasy and, uh, yeah. And thank you all for these, uh, the, um, birthday wishes, um, and I appreciate you all. It was a treat and a gift hanging out with you guys as always it is. And, uh, Y'all tend to uh, brighten my day. So uh, I'm very happy to be here. So thank you. Uh, Shonjo, again, thank you for the cookie. And also Cheryl, a lot more than nine. It should be. It should be a lot more than nine. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I'm so wrong. I just had an epiphany. I just had an epiphany, guys. I just had an epiphany. He is not talking about the Durham case. He's talking about the brothers of 10, the rhinos that impeached him. (laughs) See, I'm totally fallible, but at least I rebounded within what fifteen minutes. Okay, <laughs> I hope so. Oh my goodness, I think I just—you guys just lost y'all's faith in me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so stupid. Gonzalez, one down, nine to go. Clear as day. All right, all you people watching out there on CloutHud and Twitch, this happens from time to dime. I left my brain on the dance floor last night. I do apologize. <laughs> i don't know you guys are probably like shooting telepathic messages into my head and we're like mr c he's talking about the rhinos that voted to impeach him mr c anyways i'm glad we got that worked out guys i am glad we got that worked out lordy have mercy okay Oh, Dragon Energy says, uh, I ha- I heard Trump has 17 golf courses. Does anyone know if that's true? I do not know that for a fact, Dragon Energy. I do not know that for a fact. Uh, but though we are done with the uh, statements from President putting his hit list countdown, right? <laughs> we have some other Trump stories in the news for you. You might be wondering who that uh, individual is there next to President Trump. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a woman known as Fanny Willis. Willis, Fanny Willis. And uh, the title of this story is, what you talking about, Fanny Willis? All right, now, uh, Fanny Willis is the uh, Georgia um, lawyer, uh, uh, better known as the Fulton County District Attorney, uh, who is conducting a criminal probe right, Uh, into uh, President Trump's um, attempt to overturn the 2020 presidential election. And she's been doing so in stealth mode, it seems. Yeah, Debrielle gave me a good time last night. Spoon. Um, so, so uh, Fannie Willis, Willis, I keep saying Willis. Fannie Willis, like what you talking about, Willis, uh, kicked off her investigation with a splash earlier this year when she fired off a round of letters to Georgia officials asking them to preserve documents related to Trump just a month after she took office. Uh, Now, since then, um, her investigation into President Trump's effort to upend Georgia's 2020 presidential election results have been a bit more discreet. Um, Let's see here. Uh, We have a quote from Willis so as to say, what I can tell you is that the Trump investigation is ongoing. As a district attorney, I do not have the right to look the other way on any crime that may have happened in my jurisdiction. Oh, how noble you sound, uh, D. A. Willis. Oh, how how um moral and upright you sound. She says we have a team of lawyers that is dedicated to that. But my number one priority is to make sure that we keep violent offenders off of the street. Good question uh Sherry Pittsburgh. Is this Stacy Abrams sister? What you talking about Willis? Uh <laughs> yeah uh you know uh, she could be. Maybe she's like um uh I don't know like a little like uh mid- mini clone of Abrams or I don't know. She kind of looks like Cardi B to me. Ah just kidding. Okay, let's see here. Um oh well I mean but yeah I mean I'm pretty sure you know uh Abrams sister is actually a judge. Right. Oh, yeah. I bet you, I bet you she will be presiding over this case. Wouldn't that be, a, wouldn't that be a hoot, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, now, let's see here. Uh, investigators under D.A. Willis are plowing ahead as uh, President Trump continues to weigh his political future. Uh, I guess you could say that. Uh, it seems to me like he's uh, doing quite well, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, you know, he is visiting uh, Georgia. What? next week, no, in October. He'll be in Georgia in October. Um, but it seems that uh, it seems that um, uh, DA. Willis is uh, not only going after President Trump, uh, she's also, uh, let's see, going after Representative Jody Heiss, who is currently trying to unseat Secretary of Snakes, Bradley Raffensberger um, and uh, State Senator Burt Jones, who is running for the open lieutenant governor' seat. Now, uh, both Raffensperger and outgoing Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan stood up to President Trump's attempts to overturn the election, if uh, that's what you want to call it. You know, President Trump called in with concerns and, uh, you know, was basically just saying, Hey, Bradley. Uh, we got a lot of fraud here. Um, There's uh, X, Y, and Z, uh, you know, events occurring and uh, total mismanagement. And uh, not to mention, we've had a bunch of ballot drops happening and uh, the counting seems to have stopped. And uh, also you got a leak over there at the State Farm Arena, right? Um, And uh, nope, nope, nope. But apparently if you call with your concerns... And you ask the uh, secretary of snakes to uh, find the uh, twelve thousand votes that uh, Biden somehow seems to get magically poof into the lap of Stacey Abrams, right? Not just kidding. Um, that uh, that's against the law, and uh, that constitutes uh, trying to obstruct or uh, trying to um, uh, trying to stop an election, impede it, right? Uh, now it seems here also that Willis's probe will span not only the, uh, President Trump's activities, uh, but also, um, a call between Senator Lindsey Graham and Bradley Raffensberger, as well as Rudy Giuliani's false allegations, according to this article of election fraud before Georgia legislators. Okay. So, uh, I guess kind of like, uh, the judge over there and what was it in Michigan, right? Uh, you know, um, uh, was gonna go ahead and move forward with uh, the subpoenas from Dominion before throwing out the case and ordering her to pay like what, $200,000? Uh, under the uh, under the auspices of the fact that uh, she had made a mockery out of you know the ju- judicial system and that uh, you can't uh, just flout around uh, um, um, false allegations, right, and, and uh, subpoenas and and uh, you know file cases. Well, I guess uh, Fulton D A Willis is going to go after um, um, Rudy Giuliani for the same thing here. Oh, goodness. And uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, so th- that's uh, apparently the scope of her investigation. Now, again, the key focus here is, of course, going to be um, um, the Georgia Secretary of State's office um, after President Trump called officials there following the 2020 presidential election and pressed them to help investigate his allegations. So it doesn't sound like he was trying to uh, stop you know, the, um, the election or the election process. It sounds like he was just calling for an investigation. Just, uh, Bradley, you might want to do your due diligence before you decertify this dirty election uh, because it's all going to come back to bite you in the butt, which uh, it seems that it has been. It's just we have not been able to see the um, cringe and scowl of uh, Bradley every time, uh, you know, he rubs his wounds. Because you know that boy is not sleeping well. You know he's not sleeping well. Um, but yes, uh, Willis also said that investigating potential crimes, including uh, there'll be uh, investigating potential crime crimes, including solicitation of election fraud, the making of false statements to state and local governmental bodies, conspiracy, racketeering, O oh, D A D.A. Fulton, um, Willis. Racketeering. Racketeering. Really? You're going to project the sins of the Democrat Party and the Communist and the Progressive yet again on President Trump and his administration? Racketeering, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly what we have seen across the board in these United States of America and every state in this union with the uh, progressive socialist communist sympathizer Democrat Party at the head of it. Racketeering in every state in this nation is exactly why we have the same type of fraud with the same type of outcome for the 2020 presidential election in just about every state in this nation. Racketeering Ladies and gentlemen, organized crime with intent across state lines, rearing. That's some pretty hefty uh, judgments that they're uh, passing there. I will call them projections, ladies and gentlemen, because if anyone has been racketeering, it has been the Democrat party and their globalist masters trying to disenfranchise and destroy this country by taking away our right to vote and thus our liberty okay racketeering oh my goodness don't use that word on me here today lady please don't do it she's also going to be investigating violation of oath of office and any involvement in violence or threats related to the elections administration and as we all know, according to the uh, spot-on and almost neurotic notes that were taken by um, the, uh, the little, uh, you know, call boy that um, Bradley Raffensperger's uh, attorney hired to observe the state farm center on election night plus five, uh, the only people who were getting threatened there were election officials, and that was by yes, Staff members of Happy Faces, which is Stacey Abrams' temp agency that the entire state of Georgia employs in every office and agency. Yeah, they're the only ones who are trying to mess stuff up over there. If a uh, memory serves, you can uh, pop on over to justinews.com and search that article up because they have all 29 to 30 pages of that, uh, those notes published there for you. Mm-hmm. Wow, these people, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, By the way, this is an article from CNN, if I'm not mistaken. Ha! Projection City, Jesus. Okay, Uh, it says here that while the Fulton County investigation still appears to be in its early stages, investigators so far have obtained documents from the Georgia Secretary of State's office and interviewed a handful of its staff. They have also spoken to other Georgia election officials about how elections are conducted and uh, initiated conversations with congressional committees that could obtain information relevant to the Georgia probe. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you realize that they are talking about the J6 committee, right? The January 6th false flag riot committee over there in uh, D.C., with all those uh, crooks and treasonous uh, Americans. And I, I'll call them Americans because you know then the treason ra- uh, rings a little bit more clearly when we put it that way. Oh, look, it's little Bradley. Look at little Bradley. Uh, so again, like uh, I was saying, this entire investigation uh, being committed by uh, um, what you say um, um, Willis over there in um, the Fulton County uh, District Attorney's Office, uh, all revolves around a phone call or two uh, that President Trump had with uh, Secretary of Snakes Bradley Raffensberger. Um, but it seems that uh, it seems that there's a little bit more ire coming from the left after uh, it appears that President Trump said little, sent little Bradley a love note most recently. now keep in mind, during this phone call with uh, Bradley and his attorney, Ryan Storm, or something like that, um, uh, who was it, the Washington Compost, or was it the New York Times, uh, published a hit piece wherein uh, they really painted President Trump as a bully. And, and they really painted him as, uh, as telling Bradley to, uh, you know, stop the elections, decertify, not to, to certify, uh, to totally uh, g- commandeer and coerce, under threat of duress, little Bradley Raffensperger. Um, and so uh, that was where that went. So uh, that's why that's happening. But now, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, it seems President Trump has written little Bradley a new love letter. Uh, it's kind of like, boy, when uh, President Trump doubles down, he doubles down. And let's take a look at what it had to say. Uh, if you can believe it, says the Honorable Bradford. <laughs> Bradford. Oh, that's even better than Bradley. Bradford. OK, Bradford Raffensburger. <laughs> oh, my good. Bradley's probably like, that's what my mom calls me, Bradford. Uh, he says, dear Secretary Raffensburger. Large-scale voter fraud continues to be reported in Georgia. Enclosed is a report of 43,000 absentee ballot votes counted in DeKalb County that violated the chain of custody rules, making them invalid. I would respectfully request that your department check this and, if true, many other claims of voter fraud and voter irregularities, start the process of decertifying the election or whatever the correct legal remedy is and announce the true winner. As stated to you previously, the number of false and or irregular votes is far greater than needed to change the Georgia election result. People do not understand why you and Governor Brian Kemp adamantly refuse to acknowledge the now proven facts and fight so hard that the election truth not be told. You and Governor Kemp are doing a tremendous disservice to the great state of Georgia and to our nation, which is systematically being destroyed by an illegitimate president and his administration. The truth must be allowed to come out. Thank you for your attention on this matter. Signed, President Donald j trump <laughs> can you imagine how little bradford felt whenever he had that letter come across his desk today or yesterday actually he gave it to him on friday uh, it's just it's just hitting the news cycle today um <laughs> well no it's dated the 17th i don't know why it's oh because today is friday that's why oh goodness you know you read an article from this morning and it says on friday and it ma- makes you think it's like the previous friday because it's today anyways okay I guess it's for future readers. Anyhow, as I was saying, um, yeah. Okay. So guys, I mean, guys, like I've been saying, guys, there's so much fraud that's come out in Georgia. They don't even need to do the forensic audit in order for them to, uh, in order for them to, uh, uh, decertify. They can totally decertify and then do the forensic audit. So this way we can find out exactly every way that they cheated during the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. Oh, goodness. I really like the way that this is going, ladies and gentlemen. I won't hold my breath for um, expectations can be defied in this day and age, but that's not to say that it won't be in a good way. Uh, But yes, like I said, very much so, very, very much so they can decertify Georgia. And uh, it must have been a kick in the shin to little Bradford. Um, you know, to have President Trump, uh, basically, uh, write him up and say, uh, you, y- y- should have de- cert- you never should have de- cert- certified it to begin with. Uh, I think that is absolutely marvelous. Uh, and I'm glad to see this development. And, uh, I'm glad that, uh, you know, uh, like a pit bull, uh, they are exactly, you know, uh, keeping on this. They're not letting go of this, nor should they, nor should we. We must continue to fight for this. We must be the uh, fuel for these uh, representatives that otherwise have no backbone or have no chance. Because uh, if, no, if they don't have the behind them, it's like they have no standing and they can just be silenced by their, uh, I don't know, their party leaders and what have you. Uh, great, great news there on that front. I will say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry I did not warn you. There are a couple of uh, swamp creatures on the screen now. Dragon Energy 45, thank you for gifting the can. Love me some, Mr. C. Thank you so much. Needed the refreshment, might I say? Might I say? You know, I was also going to say that, uh, you know, when President Trump says he doesn't understand why Bradley and Brian, uh, Bradford and Brian, uh, you know, um, are doing what they're doing, kind of the thought that went through my mind was, well, they're probably afraid. That Stacey Abrams going to take a seat on them. But then I thought Bradford looks like the kind of guy that might like that. So anyways, moving right along, dug-a-dung, dug-a-dung, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's keep on a rolling. Okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about this Michael Sussman case and the John Durham indictment that uh, has gone through. And of course, you know, as one might expect. Michael Sussman has pled not guilty, but is facing five years in prison if it is found that indeed he will be, um, he will be, uh, he, he did lie. if It is proven in fact that he did lie. Now, based on uh, some of the evidence as presented in the indictment, um, it, it certainly does seem that uh, he lied, undoubtedly lied. Uh, and there's a couple of other strings in that indictment uh, that we're going to flesh out with you all this evening, uh, in regards to what Durham has launched in this uh, second indictment. In the, uh, I mean, what would this be? The, uh, the, uh, the, uh, I, w- I would say the Russian Trump, Trump Russian collusion. Um, but I mean, this is all. This is this is a little bit more than that. You know, when we're talking about the PP dossier. And we're talking about uh, Trump Russia collusion, Russia, Russia, Russia. You know um, that was like what uh, it's. It's like there's two different types of there's two different types of cases or narratives or crimes, and then of course crimes within those crimes that we're really starting to see unravel. We had the Russian dossier, right? That was uh, through the Mueller report and all that was proven to be totally false, a lie, and uh, in fact, uh, the Clinton campaign and the DNC as being responsible for uh, paying for it, not to mention the FBI paying uh, that uh, steel dude as well. Uh, Man, that guy was getting a double payday, ladies and gentlemen, but now, now, and of course there was the FOIA aspect of that with that uh, Klein, was that uh, Chris Klein? Or no, I think that's the actor, my bad. Uh, The Kleinstein, you know, you know the guy, the guy who got the indictment and uh, had a probation and house arrest for five months for it and nothing else, didn't go to jail, none of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that was all a part of that because, of course, uh, lying with the FOIAs and all that junk, all that bad and miserable junk that they did. Um, but here we see now we're looking at, um, we're looking specifically, guys, we're eyeballing a high powered Clinton attorney, an associate of, uh, who worked with or was a partner with Perkins Coy. Now Perkins Coy has come up a bit um, um, in as of late. Um, and of course, uh, you know, we did talk about uh, Mark Elias leaving Perkins Coy. Interesting enough, Mark Elias might not be escaping from mention in this indictment uh, that saw um, uh, Michael Sussman arrested um, under penalty of perjury FBI, okay. Now, uh, this second criminal charge, which stems from John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Trump-Russia collusion, uh, finds a federal grand jury returning an indictment against Hillary Clinton-linked Perkins Coy cybersecurity attorney Michael Sussman for lying to the FBI. And uh, it is important to note that Michael Sussman also represented the Democratic National Committee, it should be the Democrat National Committee, in connection with the 2016 Russia hack. And uh, they accuse him of lying to the FBI about whom he was representing. <laughs> Debra says is going to go on for... Uh, do you mean my report or do you mean the Durham investigation? Ah, Debra, just kidding. Okay, so, all right, so uh, let's, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about this, guys. Okay, so um, the grand jury indictment accuses Sussman of lying when he stated to the uh, general counsel of the FBI that he was not acting on behalf of any client in conveying particular allegations concerning a presidential candidate. When in truth... And also, in fact, as the defendant well knew, he was acting on behalf of a very specific client that would namely be, and this is how they're cited in the indictment, uh, tech executive number one and the Clinton campaign. Now, Sussman was reportedly pushing this tall tale where he was trying to connect Russia's Alpha Bank with the Trump organization. That turned out to be a complete lie. We learned also on another occasion that uh, it was either Michael Sussman or James Corney, Jim Comey, who was actually guilty of lying under oath. Who done it, right? It's going to be one or the other, okay? Either Sussman or Comey. And uh, let's see here. Uh, and that was uh, discovered um, to have occurred when they reviewed an oath, uh, uh, pardon me, when they reviewed a transcript that Michael Sussman was under oath. Um, and gave testimony uh, during the Mueller debacle. Now, during his testimony before the House Intelligence Committee, Sussman told the House Intelligence Committee that the FBI had access to DNC servers. Oh, and don't forget, James Comey said uh, they had no access. Uh, let's look at one of the pages of the... Um, this is actually a transcript I was just uh, mentioning here, guys. Transcript from the testimony he gave uh during the molar debacle. Uh let's just, you know, just uh just for our, our you know our entertainment here. Um it says uh the question was given. I understand that the FBI had access to everything CrowdStrike had access to. I understand that relationship, but my question is, did the FBI, to your knowledge, have access um Uh, to all of the DNC servers and did they ever request that access? Uh, To which uh, Michael Sussman responds, so they could have had access to all of them. I don't know if they requested access. I don't know what uh, all the requests were. As I said, I wasn't involved in the day-to-day. Can we see this and can we see that? So, right. When you said they could have had access... Is that you saying it today? I'm trying to go back in time at the time that you are meeting and talking with the FBI. Are you aware whether or not the FBI had access to the entire DNC network? Michael Sussman responds, sure, they did. Because as I said, and I apologize, maybe I should be more clear, When I asked them if they wanted to come on premises, it was for the, there may be other reasons, but it was for the purpose of imaging anything they wanted to image. So they were free to come on premises. And frankly, that could have been a cost savings if the Bureau wanted to come on premises and do some imaging and they would share their images with us. That's the way uh, there's, there's a way that, you know, there could have, they could have saved money for the client. Okay. So for some reason, Michael Sussman is quite concerned with his client saving money. Uh, You have an attorney for Perkins Coy working for the DNC and the Clinton campaign saying one thing about access to uh, the servers. And then you have the head of the FBI, then head of the FBI saying something else. Mm Mm-hmm. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen. All right. They did not get their ducks in an order. That's for sure. Oh, look at that. There we go. We got a new picture of John Durham up here for you guys. Clap your hands. Uh, Deborah Erdman says the Durham investigation should have been done by now. Yes, it should have. It definitely should have. Um, uh, As the ever eternal optimist, all I have to say is... um, Timing is everything, for sure, and um, everything is defying expectations at this day and time. That's all I got to say about that, Miss Deborah. Uh, but you know what? Just like Nicki Minaj being a red pill, we'll take it. Let's go ahead. I mean, yeah, seriously, patience, right? We're we're being uh, we're refining and honing and uh, sharpening our patient skills. I know I am for sure. Um, all right, so uh, going along with this um, uh, article now. What we're seeing here is that the problem is that James Comey claimed that the FBI never had access to the servers, and this was a key point in the Russia collusion sham, and it was a lie, right? Because he said they never had access. Michael Sussman says that they did. Now, um, it it has been found that regardless of whether the FBI inspected the DNC servers in 2016 or not, the fact was that that Russia never hacked the DNC no, we know it was not Russia. And they never handed over hacked emails to WikiLeaks before the 2016 election. That, of course, ladies and gentlemen, as we are aware, was also a big lie. There was never any such evidence to support that claim. Now, Comey and Sussman got in trouble when their testimonies contradicted. Now, whether or not, um, uh, the FBI ever had access to or inspected the DNC servers after emails were transferred to WikiLeaks is still unknown, but, um, after millions of dollars, uh, they, I mean, after millions of dollars of that investigation and trial, there still is no, uh, no information in regards to that key point. Now, regardless of that, um, Hillary is still connected to attorney Sussman today. Um, I'm sorry, Uh, Sussman, the Hillary connected attorney today was thrown under the bus and will apparently be the fall guy for lying to the FBI. Um, The contradiction with Comey may never even be addressed, but uh, at least it's being put out into the general public for good measure. And it is unknown if anyone else is involved in the attempted coup to remove President Trump from office will face a grand jury but there is most definitely speculation, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, What I'm going to review with you guys now is um, an analysis of the indictment as issued by John Durham against uh, Michael Sussman uh, that's been provided by the Gateway Pundit. Uh, We are not going to read through this indictment. It is quite lengthy, but uh, there's the cover sheet, as you can see. United States versus Michael Sussman. Okay, all right. And then we'll shrink that back down for taste. Okay, so like I said, in a brief analysis of uh, some of the finer points of this indictment, uh, which kind of go to show that fingers crossed, prayers up, ladies and gentlemen, um, this entire episode with Michael Sussman that is happening right now could quite possibly be the start of a much larger happening. I mean, it's really all I could say, uh, because the language of the indictment, as written by Durham, as we'll go through right here, kind of shows that uh, there's a lot of open ends here, there's a lot of names dropped, and there's a lot of incidents that are included in the indictment, which could lend to the notion that uh, this could just be the start of finally, after all this time, possibly the Durham report, uh, you know, getting some, uh, getting some gas, getting ignited, and uh, popping it into first gear at least. Uh, right now, okay. So uh, in regards to this indictment, we see that Durham's indictment of Sussman lays out the foundation of a conspiracy. Racketeering, did I say earlier, guys? Michael Sussman was indicted for lying to the FBI about the source of information that he gave the bureau, and he claimed that he got it independently. However, he did not; it was uh, bought and paid for by the Hillary, by Hillary Clinton, and the Hillary Clinton campaign. The indictment essentially charges Sussman with sending the FBI on a wild goose chase. It's almost like they're going into uh, into uh, damage control mode over there at the FBI. However, uh, Durham is the one who's uh, charging up this uh, this uh, case. So uh, the um, indictment reads, the FBI had in fact initiated an investigation of these allegations in response to a meeting that Michael A. Sussman, the defendant herein, a lawyer at a major international law firm to be called Law Firm 1, i.e. Perkins Coy, requested and held with the FBI general counsel on or about September 19, 2016, at the FBI headquarters in the District of Columbia. Sussman provided to the FBI general counsel three white papers along with data files allegedly containing evidence supporting the existence of this purported secret communications channel. During the meeting, Sussman lied about the capacity in which he was providing the allegations to the FBI. Specifically, Sussman stated falsely that he was not doing his work on the aforementioned allegations Uh, any client, which led the FBI general counsel to understand that Sussman was acting as a good citizen, merely passing along information. Layman's terms. Uh, Sussman told the FBI that he was not acting on these allegations for anybody. And so they thought he was just being a good boy. Okay, not, uh, um, okay, so uh, they thought he was acting as a good citizen merely passing along information, not as a paid advocate or political operative. In fact, and as alleged in further detail below, this statement was intentionally false and misleading because in assembling and conveying these allegations, Sussman acted on behalf of specific clients, namely one a United States technology industry executive, now to be called Tech Executive One, at a United States internet company, um, now to be referred to as internet company, and two, the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign, now to be known as the Clinton campaign. So there's a lot more going on in this indictment than what we're hearing, like, you know, um, all of the uh, lamestream, mainstream, fake news, legacy media outlets print or otherwise, are saying, uh, uh, you know, uh, former Clinton attorney Michael Sussman being indicted by John Durham for lying to the FBI. And then, you know, if you read the article, it just says something to the effect that uh, he lied about not working for the uh, Hillary Clinton campaign. What we're seeing here, though, much more clear and in detail is that this had to do with acquisition of data, okay, and where he got that data from. So it's not just the fact that he was a political operative working for the Clinton campaign, submitting information, allegation, uh, proof to the FBI, and they thinking he was doing it uh, as, you know, a a lone wolf. No, there's also a question of where did this data come from and who paid for it? right? So we're going to get into that uh, as we move along. And uh, while we do so, protect thine eyes, ladies and gentlemen. There we got another skag on the screen, right? She looks like a uh, dehydrated pumpkin or something like that. Head, pumpkin head. Yeah, that's Clinton we're talking about here, guys. All right. So now this uh, tech executive and the Hillary Clinton campaign are now possible targets of this probe. If Michael Sussman is found guilty... Either um, it's going to be a case closed, right? Do you think that could happen? I mean, it's possible. Expectations, ladies and gentlemen, let's not have them. Or they may want to move forward and find out, well, who exactly, uh, what was going on with these people? Why'd they do it? Who done it? Let's call up this tech executive. Let's call up the Hillary Clinton campaign. Let's get them to testify. Will it happen? Let's find out. Uh, the critical question here is whether or not Sussman was acting on his own the indictment states he was acting at the behest of the tech executive and the Hillary Clinton campaign. It would be a prosecutorial incompetence if they had not already, uh, uh interviewed and evidence, uh, collect, uh, evidence collected against them. But we don't know what Durham has been doing other than possibly sipping Mai Tais on a beach with Bill Barr somewhere. I mean, that's what we could, you know, that's what we could, uh, presume at this point, but, uh, I don't know, maybe when we see uh, uh, John Durham again, he'll have a nice golden tan. Hmm? All right, Uh, another paragraph from the indictment. This comes from paragraph six, uh, and it gives strong indication of how Durham and uh, this team view Michael Sussman's lie. It says, had the FBI uncovered the origins of the relevant data and analysis and, as alleged below, it might have learned, among other things, that one, in compiling and analyzing the Russian bank one allegations, the, uh, um, what was it, the um, Alpha Bank, right? In, uh, in, in a compiling and analyzing the Alpha Bank allegations, tech executive number one had exploited his access to non-public data at multiple internet companies to conduct opposition research concerning President Trump. Hmm. Tech executive number one, it seems that uh, quite possibly they may want to call you in to testify under oath because uh, if you're exploiting non-public data between multiple internet companies to conduct opposition research on President Trump, That sounds kind of serious, right? This is what they also would have found out according to paragraph six, two, in furtherance of these efforts, Tech Executive One had enlisted and was continuing to enlist the assistance of researchers at a United States-based university who were receiving and analyzing internet data in connection with a pending federal government cybersecurity research contract. And uh, also Sussman, the tech executive, and the law firm Perkins Coy had coordinated and were continuing to coordinate with representatives and agents of the Clinton campaign with regard to the data and written materials that Sussman gave the FBI and the media. Political operative much, Michael Sussman? Perkins Coy, your name's coming up here, too. Hmm, very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. So again, uh, the indictment mentions uh, non-public data that uh, they were were gathering, uh, and it came from a federal government research contract, right? They were hiring uh, students at a university for this federal government research contract, okay? Um, And it was being used to bait the FBI. Hmm, kind of sounds like, uh, you know, they changed uh, the answers on that document uh, in regards to uh, um, whether or not the... the, uh, If only I can remember his name. Uh, The guy who who was... uh, um, He was a double agent for the United States of America. And uh, they clicked no. They changed the answer to no on the form. Uh, there again, we're talking about this guy, the first one indicted just to bait the FBI so that this way they could get FOIA access. They lied. OK, now to get this investigation move in, they baited the FBI with uh, these false questions and it has since then come out that he was a political operative. It's crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Now um the second um the indictment also makes it clear that Sussman, the tech executive, and Perkins Coy did not just commit one act of conspiracy. They were continuing to coordinate with representatives and agents of the Clinton campaign. That means it was not just one person working on the Clinton campaign, it was many people. Many, many people. Yes. Fusion GPS, yes. CrowdStrike, yes. All of that is to come. And oh my goodness, Deborah Erdman, don't even say the name of Vindman. I cannot believe that that guy has the gall to get up and, you know, General Mark Victoria Milley is guilty of sin, but Vindman has no ground to stand on calling on treason. Like, talk about all the two-faced hypocritical idiots out there. He's already an idiot. Vinman's an idiot. He had to read his damn uh, testimony and he couldn't even read that right. I mean, you'd think he'd take at least a couple of hours to practice and he's clearly not good at cold reading. But then when this idiot's uh, guilty of, of either protecting treason or committing treason, he goes out and calls someone else on Treason. Like what is up with that, Vindman? Oh my God! Anyways, yes, all of this, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get back into this indictment here. God, these people, ladies and gentlemen. I don't understand what cloth they are cut from, but definitely not uh, any ones I know. Man. Okay, so um, okay, so with that said with, uh, with um, um, a, a coordinated collaboration between the Clinton campaign, tech executive number one, and Perkins Coy. As you can see here, this could be a conspiracy, right, ladies and gentlemen? Multiple individuals working together to secretly bring down a sitting president? Hmm, maybe. Now, uh, this also signals that a tech executive is in big trouble because he was using non-public data that was obtained from a federal government research contract And this might, in fact, refer to the searches that were flagged by NSA Director Mike Rogers, who was serving at the time. And NSA Director Rogers shut down access to data once he learned that contractors were conducting illegal searches. So that's just a bit of cooperation there from an outside party that has nothing to do with what's going on and could also testify in the court of law. All right, Durham. I'm hoping if uh, timing is everything, the time is now. We're getting close to uh, election certification, right? Uh, we're getting close to the fall of the Biden administration when it's, uh, when it's, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh the polls are showing them, uh, like worse than ever. It's approval ratings are, are tanked, right? Right. Uh, um, we have discertification. we have tanking polls, we have blood spilt at the hands of this administration. I mean, maybe they were waiting for this perfect storm to roll out the Durham, uh, case. maybe. I'm being optimistic here, ladies and gentlemen. Work with me, okay? So uh, let's let's go ahead and finish up here, so we can get uh, move along, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, plenty to see here. Let us move along. Now, paragraph 20G of the indictment states that the tech executive was communicating with Fusion GPS in August of 2016. Ah, there's that Fusion GPS. And this was in regards to the Alpha Bank scam. Okay, all right. So the tech executive, who is unnamed at this point was communicating with Fusion GPS. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to see how the current indictment with Michael Sussman lying to the FBI is going to wrap up to the first indictment having to do with the Russian collusion false PP dossier. And it seems like we're going to have two legs for uh, you know Durham's report to stand on. And uh, hopefully with an indictment and uh, with him being charged these legs, these boots can begin to walk, if you know what I mean. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about what's going on here. Um, so the next paragraph that we'll um, review with you guys um uh, in the indictment implicates Perkins Coy, but not just any Perkins Coy. None. Oh, wait. (laughs) Hey, what you doing over there with Perkins Coy, Mr. Durham? Okay. Uh, what what are we doing here? Oh yeah. We're, we're trying to show you this buffoon. Oh no. Where did he go? Oh no. I got ahead of myself. Oh man, guys. I shot my wad too early. Okay. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. I thought I had a picture of Mark Elias in here. My bad guys my bad, okay, all right, no Mark Elias present, okay, so, all right, uh, it's it's Mark Elias, he's implicated here as well, just as I said, now, uh, Durham, would you stop moving around, okay, let's talk about uh, Mark Elias here, and, uh, and where he's implicated, it says here in this paragraph, as alleged in further detail below, in or around the same time period, and in furtherance of his efforts with Michael Sussman, and campaign lawyer number one, Who do you think is campaign lawyer number one? Mm. Um, um, It was to disseminate allegations regarding Trump. Tech executive number one used his access at multiple organizations to gather and mine public and non-public Internet data regarding Trump and his associates with the goal of creating a narrative regarding the candidates' ties to Russia. So I don't know, guys. I don't think that all of this information was put into this indictment for nothing. Uh, Just for a bit of show, uh, just for a little bit of color, uh, just so it doesn't just say that Sussman lied to the FBI and here's what he said and here's what was found. There's a lot of color in this indictment Uh, and it's standing in the court of law, ladies and gentlemen, and... um, I don't know, guys. I'm just being optimistic here. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty cheeky. You know what I mean? But yes, so it says here the efforts between Sussman and campaign lawyer number one, campaign lawyer number one, the main campaign lawyer, the lawyer who was in charge of the Hillary Clinton campaign was Mark Elias. In the books. So he's implicated here as well as working with Sussman and Tech Executive One in gathering and mining public and non public internet data about President Trump and his associates to create a narrative that he had ties to Russia. Okay, that's what it states in the indictment. That's pretty big, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Now, all of this, of course, is stuff that is uh, kind of known on the periphery, especially by people in our community. Um, however, with the ties of Sussman and this appearing in the indictment, that's pretty big. Now, Prosecutor Durham reiterates that non-public Internet data was being used to create a lie about President Trump's alleged ties to Russia. The indictment goes into great detail about the tech executive's efforts to gather information from two other Internet companies. One of these companies was initially unwilling to do the tech executives' biddings, but ultimately went along with it. Uh, this also from the indictment. The aforementioned individual and other personnel, internet company, uh I- at internet company number three. Okay, don't forget, there's three internet companies. We've already addressed internet company number one. Now we're talking about the two companies that internet company number one tried to get them to go along with it. So here's where we go in this indictment. The aforementioned individual and other personnel at internet company number three were uncomfortable regarding this task from tech executive number one, because they believed that using the company's data in this manner was inappropriate. They complied with the tasking, however, because tech executive number one was a powerful figure at both companies. I wonder who this person is. If you guys know, throw it in the chat. In connection with this tasking, tech executive number one emailed to internet company number three personnel a five-page document, the Trump Associates List, listing six associates of Trump and a purported US-based lobbyist for Russia Bank number one, Alpha Bank, who was also discussed in written materials prepared by the United States investigative firm that Sussman... When do these uh, quotations end? Okay. That uh, Sussman would later provide to the FBI general counsel, the Trump associates list contained detailed personal information for these individuals, including, for example, their names, home addresses, personal email addresses, business names, business websites, and email domains, suspected IP addresses for those domains and information pertaining to uh, the spouse of one of these associates. Tech Executive number 1 directed that these individuals should be a focus of Internet Company number 3's data queries and analysis. Very interesting. How do you think John Durham came to all of these conclusions? Was he, in fact, sipping Mai Tais on the coast of Hawaii with uh, Bill Barr? Or was he actually doing something? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, who knows? Durham, what have you been up to, sir? What have you been doing? All right, we're almost at the close of this, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I hope you're enjoying this uh, whew, fledgling analysis of my. Uh, uh, and speaking of, now, we close with this. Uh, that paragraph strongly implicates the illegal use of the NSA database. And um, it is um, more likely, like I said, that Durham did not include that in the indictment just to color the indictment, you know, to make it like a nice and thick and full indictment, right? Like he double spaced, uh, you know, he used all capital words, um, you know, all that good stuff. Right. Now he had, he had to put some juice in there. Um, it, it seems that based on this outcome, uh, based on this analysis provided by the gateway pundit that, um, there could be further charges coming out of this indictment based on all of that information, all of that tea, all of that inside baseball about how Sussman and Perkins Coy and the Hillary Clinton campaign, and apparently the NSA and some other agencies, all colluded conspiracy to remove a sitting president, particularly when we consider that it is known that the Russian dossier was totally fake and that uh, forms were lied to acquire FOIA requests. Okay, so uh, with with the outcome being known on those investigations, all of this makes what the these guys did look a lot worse. And in fact, pretty much calls it out for what it is: a crime, ladies and gentlemen, of the highest degree. And we're talking treason here, ladies and gentlemen when you're trying to remove a sitting president to replace him with uh, your own political stooges, to say the least. Now, um, for now, the FBI and the DOJ executives that are involved in this plot, um, um, and uh, they, uh, they seem not to be in the crosshairs, ladies and gentlemen, um DOJ FBI people who are involved they they seem not to be in the crosshairs by that of course we're talking about like people like me um but also based on this indictment um it is expected that we will possibly see future indictments of the tech executive of Fusion GPS's Glenn Simpson of former Perkins Coy partner Mark Elias don't forget he recently left Perkins Coy to start his own law firm Um, And uh, Durham could quite possibly make the case um, that these people are responsible for misleading the FBI. Um, The question here also, of course, would be, um, was or why was the FBI stupid and gullible enough to be blindly led and accept such false and BS allegations without checking it out first. Can anyone say racketeering? All right, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, so what we're going to do here now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to kind of put a cherry on top of this, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, we're going to play a brief interview with uh, Tom Fitton. Yeah, that's why his face popped up on the screen earlier. Uh, And in this interview, this is an interview between Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch and also um, the Epoch Times. Now, um, Tom Fitton is probably a master of um, uh, acquiring uh, FOIA requests and government documents through that means and then doing investigations and bringing out Truths that would otherwise be unknown by the general public and the people abroad. Um, And in this particular interview, they are actually talking about uh, the Russian uh, collusion story, otherwise known as Spygate. Okay, Uh, so I wanted to share this with you guys because it'll kind of uh, for those of you out there who may not remember everything that was going on back at that time. Um, it's, going to, uh, it's going to basically it's going to basically kind of catch us all up and it'll kind of put some perspective to what we just saw happening with this indictment. And really, ladies and gentlemen, prayers up for this indictment, uh, finding that this Michael Sussman is guilty. And, you know, and and hopefully things will move forward and hopefully, uh, you know, Durham will get more money or something. Uh, cause that's really what we need right now. And indeed over there in the chat, Thumper Rose, uh, love Tom Finton. He is a FOIA warrior. Most definitely ladies and gentlemen, he is. And I have a lot of respect for this guy here. Yeah, he does a lot of good work. Uh, so let's check out this interview brief and, uh, we'll, uh, see you guys on the other side and, uh, we'll be, uh, getting to wrapping up today's, uh, C-Report, Just a couple more stories for you guys, and uh, we'll be good to go, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here we go.
4: Exposed corruption. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what Judicial Watch is all about? We're an educational foundation, uh,
5: which explains a lot about what we're doing, and we're trying to get records from the government so the American people are educated about what their government's up to. Uh, We also use the litigation process to expose government misconduct and educate people about misconduct that the government's engaged in. And obviously that has the effect of holding government officials accountable to the rule of law. Uh, and there's really no one else in, in, in America that does the sort of work that we do as consistently and as broadly in terms of trying to get information out of the government about misconduct and issues of public importance. And when we were able, challenge directly
4: uh, government officials, government agencies or politicians in court over their misconduct as well. You know, these FOIA requests, I think, as you're alluding to, often become lawsuits. So how does that work exactly? Well, unfortunately, under our law,
5: uh, let's put it this way, to ask uh, doesn't mean that you're going to get what you want. You have to sue to get what you want, because at least at the federal level, the agencies just blithely ignore the law, and if you want a, a substantial response to your Freedom of Information Act request, you got to go to court. So. You know, freedom of information in many ways is a misnomer because it ain't free because you got to go to court to get it. And Which costs money. It costs money and, and time and resources. And um, unfortunately, the government fights us too
4: often tooth and nail uh, for basic information. I joke sometimes we have to sit to get the time of day. Can you offer a few examples of, you know, maybe the most colorful examples of FOIA requests that you have out right now? lawsuits that you're, you had to engage in well you know our, one of our most significant foia lawsuits was over
5: clinton emails mm-hmm. essentially we were suing for information about benghazi we noticed there were no clinton emails so we pushed and pushed and the government finally admitted they had this secret cache of clinton emails that they hadn't told the american people the courts or congress about uh so it was a foia lawsuit that exposed the clinton emails Uh, It also exposed uh, key aspects of the current scandal in terms of the targeting of President Trump. Uh, For instance, we found that the FBI was paying Christopher Steele, who was also being paid by the campaign of Hillary Clinton and the Democratic National Committee, they were all paying him money at once. It was a joint operation. And they were meeting with him dozens of times, even after he was let go of the FBI. And all of this came out as a result of Freedom of Information Act requests. So uh, we're doing the work that Congress often doesn't do in oversight uh, and something the Justice Department and the State Department in this case with the Clinton emails or Russiagate, uh, we're
4: often forcing them to come clean with information they don't want the American people to know about. The Mueller report has dropped. Presumably we'll be seeing some major elements of it or perhaps the whole thing even uh, in the near future. Uh, we, there's, we know there was no collusion um, the Department of Justice says uh, no obstruction as well, but you guys are still investigating. Uh, and w- w- what's there to investigate? What are, you, what are you investigating? Well, the Mueller report confirmed that there
5: was never really a good faith, based, a good, uh, a good reason to investigate uh, President Trump. There's no evidence, first place. Yeah, that dossier. There's no evidence. That means that dossier is false, and I think they all knew that at the time. Uh, Certainly in January of 2017, Mr. Mueller admitted at the time, before he confronted Mr. Trump with the dossier, uh, that he knew at the time and told Trump essentially that, you know, we haven't been able to corroborate any of this, but you should know about it. Uh, And they still haven't been able to corroborate it. And certainly Mueller has confirmed after two years that there was no evidence of collusion. So uh, we need to figure out about the corruption behind that big lie that uh, led to a harassing investigation of the president and I think abuse of power by various agencies in terms of targeting him, spying on him, leaking on him, uh, leaking classified information to target him. All of this needs to be exposed. We're even asking basic questions about the Mueller operation. I know the Democrats are pretending to be interested in the Mueller report. They're creating a fight. With an unnecessary subpoena at this point, uh, but they don't want the full information from Mueller. That's for sure. They don't want to know the FISA warrant. They don't want the FISA warrant material. They don't want this page-struck text messages or other emails and material that would reflect on why the Trump just uh, the Obama Justice Department and the Obama FBI were illicitly targeting him while protecting Hillary Clinton. This is why you have an independent group like Judicial Watch asking these questions because. frankly, when the Republicans ran Congress, they didn't do enough uh, investigating. Certainly anything that's going to make the Democratic Party look bad or President Obama's administration look bad, uh,
4: that is not going to be investigated by the House. So speaking of the FISA warrants, um, I think it was you guys that actually exposed or and, and actually maybe you can clarify this for me, that there weren't actually hearings held around these FISA warrants that were related to, essentially spying on the presidential campaign I how, how does that work is that what you found out and well you know that was a you know that was
5: followed a bouncing ball as well I think we sued um, we asked the court for information and the court said well why don't we, the government has transcripts if there are any so we went and asked the government they ignored our request so we sued and so finally they said well um, we don't have anything So we go back to the courts and say, well, they don't have it. Do you have it? And they said, well, then the government finally admitted that there were no transcripts because there were no hearings. So they had the initial FISA application and three renewals. So these were four separate pleadings filed with the court to get the spy warrant targeting. It was Carter Page in Mm name, but it was really Trump they were after. And the court didn't hold the four different judges that held not one hearing, on an effort by the justice department and the fbi to spy on essentially the presidential candidate and then the president of the
4: united states it's just remarkable and who uncovered that judicial watch tom judicial watch aside from being a transparency oriented organization it's also an organization does that does a heck of a lot of legal work well actually we're uh investigating the clinton
5: issue still. Uh, And it's not because, well, obviously, Judicial Watch still wants full accountability and truth about what went on behind that scandal. Uh, But the court was interested in this. And in this this specific case, that Benghazi case I talked about earlier, the court wants to know, hey, Mrs. Clinton set up the system to avoid the Freedom of Information Act. Was the court hoodwinked? Were they trying to fool the court at the shutting down the case before they fessed up to the emails? He also wants to know, are there other Clinton emails that can be found and searched and reviewed as the law requires? So we're bringing in top officials at the State Department, former White House officials uh, to be questioned about this under oath in person. And some of them are getting written questions. So, you know, everyone says, well, what about Mrs. Clinton? Well, Judicial Watch is doing the heavy lifting on that still over the objections of the justice department and the state department not the obama state department and justice department but the departments and agencies run nominally by appointees of president trump if i were the president i'd bring all the cabinet officials in and say you know stop stonewalling we want justice we want accountability follow the law and err on the side of transparency and full disclosure and that would go a long way to exposing the corruption." Uh, but instead, these agencies are still defending Hillary Clinton, still defending Barack Obama. And I suspect they'll keep on defending Robert Mueller. They'll get all this dirt out on President Trump, I guarantee that the deep state will. Uh, but when we push behind it, see what Mueller was really up to and any misconduct and you know some of the controversial
4: decisions he made, I suspect we're going to get a fight. So I just want to be clear. I had it. I had it wrong about. There's nothing. Nothing with, with this. This. All of these depositions have to do with the this uh, Clinton oh, it's email, of else? and Benghazi. The okay. court wants to know right. that they hide uh, right. the Clinton emails to, because
5: they were concerned about what they might have yes. in relation to uh,
4: Benghazi. A big question that I have is, um, as you've been doing this investigation around the Mueller report and and everything leading up to it and then the other side is lindsey graham has been calling it Spygate, spy gate gate um what, what what is how serious is this uh, from all the work that you've that you've seen over the years. Oh, I think there's
5: it's the worst corruption scandal in American history. I, I, there's simply no comparison in terms of government agencies colluding and conspiring uh, to target a presidential candidate and mm-hmm. then overthrow a president. So we had this kind of slow motion coup take place uh, beginning in the early part of the administration that, frankly, is continuing today. Uh, they want to overthrow the president. They're going to break any rule, uh, it looks to me, in order to do it. And I, there's really nothing to compare in prior history where that type of t- activity took place. So that needs to be exposed. Uh, but to the degree you had individuals abusing their offices for political for political purposes, you know, that's a violation of the law if you're doing it, right. and uh, you know, in a law enforcement capacity. You know, you've got this power that is uh, granted to you by the American people to spy on people, you know, try to get subpoenas, conduct criminal investigations. Doing it because you don't like someone personally or politically, that's you're breaking a law. So people like Peter Strzok and James Comey and Andrew McCabe and others who seem to have a political agenda behind their investigations and may have been dishonest with in terms of these
4: Pfizer warrants, that to me deserves a uh, criminal investigation. Can you just outline what elements Judicial Watch is specifically working on and trying to help make that happen? Well, all we can do is get the information out. So for instance,
5: uh, Andrew Weissman, who was Mueller's number two, you know, he wrote an email we found to Sally Yates, the old holdover from Barack Obama's right. administration, who was an anti-Trumper, obviously, and he was. She was acting attorney general for President Trump for a time, until she was fired for refusing to enforce his first travel ban. So Andrew Weissman writes her an email saying, "I'm in awe of you. You're my hero." Okay. So this is the guy who's now investigating President Trump, and then he attends later Mrs. Clinton's election night party. It turns out later he had. Uh, there's a report that he had attended Mrs. Clinton's election night party. We want his emails and texts, so we're asking for his, his texts. We're asking for all the Lisa Page, Peter Strzok texts. We're asking about leaks to CNN targeting Trump, leaks to the Associated Press targeting Trump. The media is part of this uh, conspiracy, it's pretty clear, against President Trump. And we are using the Freedom of Information Act, a tool available to us, to figure out who, who, who was behind these leaks and um, – and whether the media was either knowingly or or otherwise misused
4: to uh, target uh, a sitting president with overthrow. And we've been able to use... uh... Some of the information that you've gathered in our own reporting, which we really appreciate it.
5: Yeah, for instance, I, I, I'm sure uh, you've been done doing some reporting on the testimony of many Orr and of course Bruce Orr. of course. Now, Judicial Watch is—I know there's been testimony, but Judicial Watch got the Justice Department documents showing that Bruce Orr was in constant and regular communication with Glenn Simpson. And, well, more specifically, uh, uh, Christopher Steele, he was in communication with both. I think there were like 60 communications after Christopher Steele, the Clinton DNC spy, was fired by the FBI as a confidential foreman. So Bruce Orr, whose wife Nellie worked for Fusion GPS, constant communication through the end, from the end of 2016 through 2017. 60 times he was in communication
4: with them. Unbelievable. So look, we're looking forward to seeing what other information, uh, you know, Judicial Watch. More uh, is, is always coming when it comes to Judicial Watch FOIL requests and lawsuits. It just gears a little bit. I noticed and I haven't seen any other information around it.
0: Okay. And we'll pause it there because uh, they stopped talking about um, the, the Spygate issues and they start talking about uh, uh, just, Juicy Smoulier, Justice for Juicy, remember, Justice for j Six. Oh yeah. All right. So, uh, that's some pretty good stuff there, guys. A uh, quick refresher and also, uh, maybe a little bit of hope, maybe a bit of a silver lining for us, uh, over here, uh, in Patriot Land. In regards to this story, we'll see exactly, uh, where this goes and whether or not, uh, Durham shall return to the islands with his, uh, Pina Colada and Bill Barr in tow, right? Um, but we will see, uh, I think, uh, Thumper Rose had made a comment there in the chats about, uh, the Maxwell, um, um, papers or information being released. Uh, yeah. Talk about perfect timing guys. How could we forget about the crimes against humanity? We didn't. All right. Perfect timing. We'll see what happens as that develops. Uh, also, um, let's see here. Uh, someone else threw something interesting in the, uh, Oh, curious cat said, uh, Karen Fenn just agreed to the uh, Board of Supervisors' proposal. I don't know what to think. Oh, yeah. I was like, hmm. I didn't realize she could have uh, uh, responded so quickly. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, there, was a, uh, there was a report uh, that said, um, said that uh, she agreed, I guess, uh, or she'd released a statement saying that it was a victory for election integrity. Again, I don't know how she made that statement so quick, but I guess we'll have to see what's up. I mean, they just basically need a gatekeeper to keep people from going through everything in those uh, routers, right? Where routers store information. Give me a break. Okay. It's a slap in the face to, uh, you know, computer geeks and um, everyone like that around the world. I don't know. We'll figure out where it's going from there. Um, but uh, who's to say? Who's to say? I, I only saw that in one report. I didn't find Karen Fan's statement. Uh, that's really, really what I wanted to uh, read, as opposed to uh, an article that said that's what uh, she agreed to. Aurelius Luck says his gut feeling says that something big is happening around nine twenty-three. Mm. Well, yeah, I guess right. The day before uh, the day before the uh, the report is dropped, right? on a judge reviews uh, in a a live television broadcast of uh, the Maricopa County 2020 presidential election audit report brought to you by Cyber Ninjas and the Arizona Senate. Yeah, we'll see how that goes, ladies and gentlemen. We will see how that goes. We'll press forward until then though, that's for dang sure. All right, Uh, let's talk, uh, like I said, we just got a few more stories, a couple more short stories to share with you guys. Since uh, we had Tom Fitton up here on the screen and Judicial Watch, I thought we would perhaps uh, take a look at a couple of cases that Judicial Watch is currently cracking into. Uh, Here we have uh, Judicial Watch uh, submitting FOIA requests to get the video documentation of what happened on the Justice for Juicy J6 day. That is, of course, the uh, January 6th false flag riots that took place in Washington, D.C. And that is getting wrapped up in a federal court battle as well at this time. Now, Judicial Watch Watch is asking federal courts for discovery in lawsuits against United States Capitol Police. For the January 6th video, as you guys might have heard, Pelosi's kind of uh, sitting on those, right? Now, uh, they announced, uh, Judicial Watch announced that they had filed a motion for discovery in lawsuits against the United States Capitol Police for emails and videos concerning the disturbance at the United States Capitol on January 6th. Congress exempts itself from the Freedom of Information Act, apparently. So, Judicial Watch, therefore, brought this case pursuant to the common law right of access to public records. Interesting how Congress exempts themselves from FOIA requests, isn't it, huh? Uh, The Capitol Police declined to produce any records about the disturbance to Judicial Watch, however, argued that the requested videos and other records were not public record. Hmm and the public interest did not warrant their release. Ya yeah, don't say, Capitol Police. Uh, no one is interested in an obtaining video of exactly what happened at the Capitol grounds on that day in January. Judicial Watch requested the court grant it the ability to gather evidence from the United States Capitol Police about the preservation and use of the January 6th videos, and to find out the truth about what took place at the United States Capitol on January 6, 2021, and to understand how defendant United States Capitol Police and other governmental entities responded on that day. The plaintiff, Judicial Watch, requested access to certain communications and video recordings. So again, uh, they are moving for limited discovery to seek evidence to prove that the requested records are public record, subject to the common law's right of access, and that the public's interest in disclosure outweighs the government's government's interest in keeping these records secret. All right, and apparently they've been at this for a while. Um, Initially, they filed a lawsuit under the common law rights for access uh, to the United States Capitol police, and they refused. And that was, uh, that was in a response to a January 21st, 2021, 2021 request. So back in January is when, uh, uh, judicial watch started to try and get these records. Uh, but uh, Capitol police said nay, and, uh, they've been at it since then. Um, let's see here. And, uh, so, you know, um, they're looking again for that video footage. They're ...footage from within the Capitol between 12 p.m. and 9 p.m. on January 6, 2021. And uh, they are also looking for email communications. So uh, once that story drops, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure we'll hear about it quite quickly. Another case that um, Judicial Watch broke wide open. Now this one, ladies and gentlemen, is quite a story. Talk about bringing some fire, okay? Okay. Uh, Judicial Watch broke a story through FOIA requests that showed that the FDA was purchasing fetal organs, heads, and tissues for humanized mice experiments, otherwise referred to as Humanized Mice Project. Okay, all right, FDA. Let's see what you're losing your morality over. Now, according to this story, Judicial Watch announced that it had received 198 pages of records and communications from the United States Food and Drug Administration involving humanized mice research with human fetal heads, organs, and tissue, including communications and contracts with human tissue providers, Advanced Bioscience Resources. Most of the records are communications and related attachments between Perrin Larton, a procurement manager for Advanced Biosciences Resources, and research veterinary medical officer Dr. Christina Howard of the FDA. Judicial Watch received the records through a March 2019 Freedom of Information Act lawsuit against the United States Department of Health and Human Services, of which the FDA is part uh, part of. The lawsuit asks for all contracts and related documentation on disbursement of funds, procedural documents and communications between the FDA and the ABR for the provision of human fetal tissue to be used in humanized mice research. After successfully opposing the FDA's redaction of certain information from its records, a federal court ordered HHS to release additional information about its purchases of organs harvested from aborted human fetuses, including line item prices or the price per organ the government paid to advanced bioscience research. The court also found there is reason to question whether the transactions violate federal law barring the sale of fetal organs. I don't say. Uh, documents previously uncovered in the lawsuit show that the federal government demanded the purchased fetal organs be fresh and never frozen. It seems to me that we did a story similar to this regarding a Pennsylvania university some months ago. Um, The records include an FDA-generated contract with ABR based on a requisition it issued on July 27th, 2012 for $12,000 worth of tissue procurement for humanized mice. And it indicates the requisition was for a non-competitive award. Although the initial award was for $12,000, the total estimate of funds allocated for the requisition was $600,000 under jurist, uh, justification for other than full and open competition. The FDA says, "Scientists within the FDA and in the larger field of humanized mouse research have searched extensively over the past years and ABR is the only company in the United States capable of supplying tissues suitable for human mice research. No other company stands at the door of an abortion office and waits for them to hand it over once they've finished with the mother. Well, the FDA didn't say that, but uh, if ABR is being requested to bring them the freshest fetal tissue, do you think that means? Um, no other company or organization is capable of fulfilling that need. This is sick, guys. This is disgusting. Okay. Uh, brace yourselves. We have a cost and demand breakdown coming right at you. Um, costs are estimated for the fetal parts at $230 per tissue times two tissues per shipment which totals to $460 plus $95 shipping and handling, which equals $555 per shipment. There was a total of 21 shipments totaling $11,655. It is pretty sad here, ladies and gentlemen. And I know we've heard cases to uh, this this type before to actually have prices on these things. It's just, I don't know, it, it kind of turns my stomach Um, An April 1st, 2013 amendment of solicitation slash modification of contract form shows that the FDA purchased fetal livers and thymuses from ABR going back to at least October, 2012, billing $580 per liver thymus set, but later paying a unit price of $685. As of January 1st, 2013, Fees for services scheduled provided by the Advanced Bioscience Research to the FDA includes fetal cadaverous procurement, there's a service fee, second trimester dilation and evacuation abortion specimens, $275 per specimen. Those are are, uh, babies, fetuses at uh, 13 to 24 weeks. Um, let me see here. Uh, first trimester aspiration abortions, 8 to 12 weeks, are $515 per specimen. Intact calvarium, or baby's skulls, 8 to 24 weeks gestation, $515 per specimen. The fees for services scheduled also include special processing slash preservation of the fetal parts such as tissue cleaning, snap freezing, and passive freezing, or putting them on dry ice. In a September 9, 2014 order for supplies and services, the FDA writes regarding a $9,900 order. The contractor shall ship second trimester thymus, $325, second trimester liver, $325, overnight delivery at $150 and an electronic funds transfer wire transfer fee of $25 for a total per delivery of $825, the total of that contract not to exceed $9,900. As the results of an August 21, 2015 amendment of solicitation slash modification of contract, uh, advanced bioscience research bumped up the price of baby livers and thymuses from $325 each to $340 each. And now, you know, I got to wonder here, guys, if ABR is procuring these fetal tissues and organs, and they're getting them from, I would assume, abortion clinics, where does the price come from and... Now, this is going to sound really bad, guys, but I'm kind of thinking about where they're getting uh, these fetal tissues from, okay? And they're making that much money off of taxpayer money. And I mean, it seems to me that none of this money goes back to the abortionist or the mother. Or, or maybe, I guess, they pay, like, they pay, the, you know, Planned Parenthood, actually, right? Remember, guys? A Planned Parenthood had menu pricing on fetuses. Remember that story broke not long ago? Well, it's a little bit long now, but not too long ago. Oh my goodness. Anyways, oh man, market price here, geez. Um, okay, so uh, let's see here. Let's wrap this story up, guys. I'm sure it's making you all squirm. A lo- There's a lot of information here, actually. <laughs> <clears throat> not to laugh, but uh, it's, it's quite an article. Um, let's let's go ahead and drop uh, uh, drop down here. Uh, according to Judicial Watch, President Tom Fitton. I think you guys get the idea. There was about another entire page of 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 service fees and order contracts fulfillment, and we're not going to go through that. I'm done with the. Uh, you guys get the picture, right? Um, So, uh, um, oh, yes. uh, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton said chopping up aborted human beings for their organs and tissues is a moral and legal outrage. This issue should be front and center in any debate about America's barbaric abortion industry. In February 2020, Judicial Watch first uncovered through this lawsuit hundreds of pages of records from the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, showing that the agency paid thousands of a California-based firm to purchase organs from aborted human fetuses to create humanized mice for HIV research. And in May 2021, this lawsuit uncovered FDA records showing the agency spent tens of thousands of taxpayer dollars to buy human fetal tissues from advanced bioscience research, The tissue was used in creating humanized mice to test biological drug products. The records indicated the FDA wanted tissue purchases, again, fresh, shipped on wet ice. Disgusting, ladies and gentlemen. Inhumane. Evil. Completely satanic. That is terrible. But uh, that is the work of uh, Tom Fitton over there at Judicial Watch. Talk about a heavy story to cover, guys. Like, man, that that has got to drag you down, at least some people, you know, when you hear a story like that. But uh, thank goodness, ladies and gentlemen, it seems that, you know, there again is uh, some type of silver lining, some type of change is on the horizon, This is our last story for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, this has to do with uh, Pedo Joe's uh, rage against the fetus or the unborn human child uh, and uh, the efforts of the DOJ and the Biden administration to um, reverse and halt the brand new Texas law that protects the unborn from abortions, so uh, we'll wrap up the story. Like I said, silver linings, guys. Uh, I think uh, I think since 1973's Roe v. Wade, um, we've come a long way. And uh, in light of all of these stories of the inhumane, unethical, and immoral practices they have on our unborn children, I think it is. Uh, I think it's quite plain to see that these things have to stop they have to stop. Okay. So uh, let's talk a little bit to wrap up tonight's C-Report about this attempt by the Biden administration to shut down the Texas abortion law. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, that attempt crashed and burned. Ladies and gentlemen, this striking development is brand new. Um, A federal judge has rejected the Biden administration's attempt to shelve the Texas anti-abortion heartbeat law that took place and effect on September 1st of this year. Now, on Tuesday, President Select Joe Biden's Department of Justice made an emergency court filing demanding that this law be blocked. Now, we all know that Merrick Garland was going after this unconstitutional, violating women's constitutional right to abortions. Women have the constitutional right to abortion. It's written in the Constitution that our forefathers said women shall have abortions. And don't forget, it is also healthcare. All right, that's what Garland Merrick, that's what La La Land, this man lives in, right? Okay, well, like I said, the DOJ filed an emergency court uh, demand Saying that this law be blocked. Now, the state adopted SB 81 in order to prevent women from exercising their constitutional rights. So saith Merrick Garland. Oh my goodness. Uh, Texas has banned abortions uh, months of before viability at a time before many women even know they are pregnant. So I guess before the baby's heart starts to beat, Women cannot figure out if they're pregnant. And this might sound a little crass, but if they would put the tacos down, they could tell whether or not they're pregnant. I'm just saying, I'm just playing. Anyways, I gotta gotta throw that zinger in there. Maybe that's the reason why all the women who were protesting at the Austin Capitol were chubby Mexican women. Because they can't tell if they're pregnant. Anyways, okay. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Okay. I apologize. Okay. All right. Um, So according to the filing, uh, it says, uh, when other states have enacted laws abridging reproductive rights to the extent that SB 8 does, courts have enjoined enforcement of the laws before they could take effect. In an effort to avoid that result, Texas devised an unprecedented scheme that seeks to deny women and providers the ability to challenge SB-8 in federal court. Well, I'm sorry, Department of Justice, illegitimate joke Biden. But basically, in rejecting this demand by Joe Biden and his uh, Department of Justice, United States District Judge Robert Pittman basically refused to let the Biden regime have their way. And that is the man right there, ladies and gentlemen, United States District Judge Robert Pittman. Uh, In regards to this case, uh, Judge Pittman wrote, uh, consistent with the court's previous order that set a hearing on the United States emergency motion for a temporary restraining order or preliminary injunction... This case presents complex, important questions of law that merit a full opportunity for the parties to present their positions to the court. Accordingly, it is ordered that the United States' opposed motion for expedited briefing schedule is denied. Stamp Pittman, who is actually actually nominated to the bench by... uh, President Bozo Barack Obama in 2014 had earlier agreed that before he would rule on the federal motion to block the Texas law, that he would hear arguments from both sides, setting a deadline for October 1st for paperwork to be filed. So, you know, Biden and on Tuesday wanted this to uh, have a restraining order on it, a preliminary injunction against the new Texas law. Judge uh, Judge um, Pittman here had already told the DOJ and the state of Texas, we're gonna have a hearing so I can hear both sides of your argument on October 1. So I mean quite frankly guys, he's just telling you know the Biden regime that they can't have their way at the moment, but we'll see. I'll still take this as a silver lining, ladies and gentlemen. The Department of Justice did not want to wait that long, it seems, and they filed the request for an action immediately. But uh, as for now, ladies and gentlemen, it would seem abortions are halted. <laughs> I'm playing with my graphics on the screen here. Sorry about that. Uh, since the law took effect, Texas abortion clinics have canceled appointments for abortions, according to the uh Now, there is a uh, ethics and public policy center fellow, senior fellow by the name of Roger Severino. Uh, and he had this to say about, uh, you know, um, abortion Clinic, Parenthood, across the state of Texas. He said, for all the bluster about Roe versus Wade being a matter of women's rights, take note how quickly clinics abandoned their clients uh, that they claim to champion once their profits were actually at stake. So naturally, Planned Parenthood and other abortionists have asked their friends in the Biden regime to try again to block the law on their behalf so that the cash will begin to flow once again. Now, uh, Severino said that the Department of Justice was way off base legally when it suggested that the law made citizens into some sort of legalized vigilantes. Uh, he said, giving citizens the power to sue and recover damages from lawbreakers does not entitle them to carry some sort of... T- Badge, it does not turn them into Dog the Bounty Hunter, Abortion Hunter. Um, like other whistleblower laws, the Heartbeat Act merely incentivizes them to uncover and prove serious wrongdoing, and there are few wrongs more terrible than intentionally stopping an innocent child's heart. And that's a very profound way to look at that. Um, instead of waiting to see if, tex- if uh, instead of waiting to see if a Texas citizen will bring enforcement action um, with enough proof of violation, the Department of Justice is seeking to enjoin every person in the state from filing a suit against any abortion clinic at the front end, no matter how egregious or blatant the violation. In the name of defending and invented constitutional right to abortion, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland wants to suspend an actual right found in the Constitution. And that, my friends, is the right of due process of law. And um, you could take that to the bank, at least until October 1st. Texas's legal battle over the heartbeat bill shall continue, undoubtedly. Um, They're going to be coming after this one for quite some time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes tonight's C-Report. Thank you so much for tuning in and not tuning out uh, on this uh, Friday, September 17th. I had a good time hanging out with you guys. Hope you guys did too. Don't forget, we'll be back in a couple of hours for Mr. C in the dark. No telling what's going to happen at that time, but I'm sure it'll be a good time. And uh, you know, if anything, I might just ramble for a couple of hours, but lines will be open. So anyone is welcome to join. I'll drop that uh, chat link in the chat. For those of you over at uh, Twitch or at Hub if you'd like to join us on the panel for Mr. C in the dark, uh, you need to get a pill.net account or a foxhole.app account. And that's all I got to say about that, ladies and gentlemen. Okie dokie, folks, let me go ahead and release the scratching for you guys so you can get to scratching them itching. I know you guys have been itching for them scratchings, right? All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Oh, and don't forget, uh just I'll probably I will probably mention it again tonight during Mr. C in the dark. Uh but uh We will be uh, off tomorrow here at the uh, Mr. C Channel. Uh, So there will not be Lone Star News or a Mr. C in the Dark for tomorrow. Uh, For family cometh uh, for belated birthday celebrations this weekend. And uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do this weekend, guys. So I hope you don't mind me taking a couple of days off. But otherwise, thank you all for the sentiments. Uh, Pilled by the Rabbit, Curious Cap, Thumper Rose, Aurelius Locke. Um, um. and everyone else who is in the chat, Deborah Erdman, let me see who else there is, who else is there, Sherry Pittsburgh, Bill Tech, all of you guys, thank you so much for joining in, and uh, we will see you all in a little bit, till then, ladies and gentlemen, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America, don't forget, we love you muches, have a good night, y'all.